segments going. Let's get this bitch going. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Extra Lounge Podcast. With me always is Lamar Finesse. And I'm Shane Nicholas. Lamar, take it away with the disclaimer. Please, disclaimer, no children, no babies. Get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome. Leave. Thank you very much. Grown folks only. Let's go. So today we have an exciting episode. We get to talk about films you may not so know about. Yes, this is our uh, movies you don't know episode. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. So uh, we're gonna talk about an awesome movie. We're gonna try and talk about movies that you might kind of sort of know to ones that you definitely don't fucking know. Uh, so this one's Blue Valentine, one of my favorites. It's about um, um, a guy named Ryan Gosling that when he's younger falls in love with some girl who's like pretty sexually active. Mm-hmm. And uh, ends up being pregnant, doesn't know by who, so she kind of latches on to Ryan Gosling's character. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those stories. Um, and at first, they're like so in love, everything's great, they're so cool. Typical. And then later, you know, their relationship, you start kind of seeing it fall apart. So it's called Blue Valentine. So um, Michelle Williams that? is in it. Um, <gasps> oh, yeah, she's great. She's incredible. And this is from the director that did a uh, movie, for those of you that, uh, another one you probably don't know, Light Between Oceans or A Place Beyond the Pines, which if you don't know that movie fuck you that is such oh my god place beyond pine is so incredible but uh blue valentine was was really fucking sad really fucking sad i'm guessing it's late 90s early 2000s uh 2010 oh okay fine. Yeah, it's about okay. 10 so years they're old. adults yeah yeah okay. so not not long ago well long ago but not not too long yeah ago. yeah yeah, yeah. Not like pretty long ago but uh, i loved it it was it was really Interesting way they directed it. They actually had to live together. So Michelle Williams and uh, Ryan Gosling lived together, which is cool. So they rented a house and just live here, which is I, I like that kind of approach. Because with film, you get you get rehearsal time, but then you don't like with theater. The entire time you're in the studio, you're fucking rehearsing. Mm-hmm. It's nonstop. Boom, 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 boom. Looking for bits. Looking for bits. Looking for bits. Figuring it out. Talking about characterization, oh, yeah. things like that. You're literally listening to hammers and people building sets, and you're sitting there like, oh, pouring your heart out and shit. You know, with, with film, it's not like that. When you get there, it's pretty much set. Like, a lot of times it's filmed on location, unless you're on a set. That's so whatever. So you go there already with the work? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you're pretty much memorized. You do some kind of rehearsal. Mm-hmm. They have what's called, uh, I know you're familiar with this, a table read. We oh, did yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> we did one with dinosaurs with guns. So, you know, they do the table read, that kind of thing. But I love the approach when they had to live together throughout the production. Because why not? They had to have, like, this close, gritty kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. and the performances, in my opinion. If you haven't seen it, please, Lamar, check it out. But the performances in it, fucking incredible. Like, Ryan Gosling was on a whole new level. He was very internalized. Very, very internalized. And he plays a guy that just drinks a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He drinks all the time. He, you know, smokes, like, chain smokes cigarettes and shit. Does it take place in 2010? Ah, uh, so time and place isn't specific okay. that I remember, which is kind of cool. So yeah. it's, it's definitely not contemporary, but it's definitely not, like, a period piece either. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's... It's relatable to current times, but not there's not like a specific kind of cell phone that you see or yeah. a specific kind of okay. building or something to identify whatever. I think they mentioned location. It's not there's a scene on a bridge that's very that's in New York or it's either in New York or Chicago. I'm pretty sure it's in New York. Um, so that that is kind of telling of mm-hmm. it, like where it's at. But outside of that, the time isn't really what I liked. Relevant. It wasn't relevant. So it was like. We don't really care about what time it is. You can see the sun. You know what I mean? doesn't matter where you are. You can see, like, a road. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I love the idea of uh, it not being too specific. 
on on those kinds of details because uh, it's not like an historic piece. It's not something where those are, those details are important, so they were essentially eliminated, with the exception right. of some minor details. But mm-hmm. but overall. I loved it. It was an awesome movie. So if you haven't seen Blue Valentine, check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gosling's a two. Now, at the time, I think he only had one uh, Oscar nomination for uh, Full Nelson. Which, oh, I should have put that bitch on there. Oh, I'm going to talk about it later. We'll talk about Blue Nelson, or, uh, Full Nelson later. Um, but uh, he got nominated for uh, Full Nelson, which is kind of an independent-ish film. I think Anthony Mackie was in that shit, too. Mm. You know how I feel about Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Sexy man. Okay, actor. Anyway, um... Shit person. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks, because he seems, like, kind of cool, like, on film. Not right. exactly, you know, the best. Whatever. All right, next. What do you got? Now, now that you said, um... Blue Valentine, it may remind me of Blue Velvet, if you guys <gasps> know. I don't know if that's super... It, I, it is... It probably was super famous for the time, but to the younger generations, I'm sure they Definitely. don't know what the fuck that is. Not a clue. Because I didn't... I saw it at the library, like, ten years ago, yeah. and I was like, oh There's my god, no this is so away. weird, yeah. and good acting, and... It's in my collection. Strange. Uh, Laura Dern is in it. Uh, she's... Dennis great. Hopper? Yes. Mm-hmm. She was so good. Who was her lead in that? Um, Her, her male... Yeah, um... I forget. Fuck me. I'm DB that bitch. Bring that up. That I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Fucking A. I'm so glad you brought that up. Love Blue Velvet. It, it, so to give you a quick um, synopsis of the movie, um, some guy um, finds something really... finds an ear in a yard. Ew. Yeah, and then... Kyle McLean. Ah, oh, yeah! I McLean? never would have got that. Yeah. Yep, I never would Let me see. See the yeah. name. Kyle... McLehan. McLehan. Wow, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Macalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalacalac
Um, so yeah, it's this whole thing. It's fucking nuts. It starts off with this simple high school kid that has a really nice, sweet girlfriend. They go out on regular dates, you know, just regular typical shit. Just some dark, twisted <laughs> fucking shit, he man. It starts off so innocent. <laughs> but it's really good. You guys should check like that, that out. They really don't. They like, don't make movies like you want to see a mystery, suspenseful type of thing yeah. with like everyday people, like... Definitely mm. check out some fucking classic film, man. Seventies, they they even at the time, like some seventies movies, they weren't, they were uh, pushing different envelopes with content. So whereas they couldn't show all the blood or the gore, they could push other aspects of the film. Or mm-hmm. nowadays, it's the opposite. They can oh, push gosh. more gore, more film, yeah. less subplots. You know, me and you love subplots. We like a good story. Mm-hmm. You know, that me pushes any good movies, decent, yeah. good dialogue, good story, action on the side, whatever. But I like I like a good story. And these older movies, awesome fucking stories. Awesome fucking stories. Speaking of crazy stories, let's talk about uh the gambler. So the gambler's mm-hmm. in nineteen another movie, nineteen seventy-four, uh, was this movie. And this was not the one with Mark Wahlberg, for those of you that have seen it. This one, uh the one that Mark Wahlberg did in 2014, which is like exactly 40 years later. Almost <laughs> of the month. <laughs> um, this is like a super, super downworld spile slice of New Holland. Of New Hollywood. Um, James Kane is in it. He's a college professor. He's uh, he's just a gambler. An obsessive gambler. You know, Even though he knows he's going to lose his money, he'll fucking bet it anyway. Um... He doesn't win, he doubles down. Anyway, I'm kind of reading, like, a synopsis. But, uh... The, the, I will say this. The ending of the movie is fucking intense for for this kind of film. It's absolutely nuts. It was in 1974. You gotta check it out. The original The Gambler. You have to check out the 1974. It's a classic film. They don't make movies... And we've talked about that before. They don't make movies like that. And some independent filmmakers will start pushing content in that direction, which is nice. A lot of that's budgetary constraints, you know. You can't push special effects, so you push... You typically want to push it the opposite direction. They want to push a good story. Right. Why not? Um, so with this, it's all that. Uh, this is like one of the original anti-heroes, too. Which would James Kane, you know the guy's a piece of shit, but you want him to win. You're like, I don't want him to lose, but he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I, I haven't seen too many old movies. My dad's a, my dad can tell you anything about old movies. <laughs> He's the one that actually got me into watching older movies. You know, when he retired from the military, that's when I started giving him a chance. You know, you see the year and you're like, nah, pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what the fuck is I don't do that me? so much like, anymore, though. Yeah, yeah. It's um, good to be open, guys. I agree, I agree. What you got, Ed? Um, oh, this is one that you know and love. Doom Generation, bitch. Yeah! (laughs) Oh my god. This movie is so... God, what is it even about? It's about this, um... Young couple, like super young, they look like they're possibly in high school, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the girl has a car, and they meet this drifter, and... They're like kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they meet the drifter, it's like a... It's like a yeah, it's like an accident that happens, and then they're just traveling, and everywhere they travel is some type of fucking mayhem. Yeah! And it's uh, it's fucking awesome. It's kind of uh, like you said, it's like a grunge punk type of movie. But the dialogue is funny. Eat my fuck. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it does. It is one of the coolest cult classic. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. (laughs) Oh, it is. It's it's hard. I can't find it anywhere. 
I'm still trying. I bought it. I had it. I owned it. You borrowed it. You loved it. We loved it. It's our favorite movie. And then I fucking lost it. Right. I felt so he, fucking. Oh no! I, I he I sold, sold it. it. He sold it. He's, yeah. yeah. We we only seen it because he bought it from a garage sale, right? Uh, I got it at a Walmart or a Walmart bin. Yeah, it was like a five dollar Walmart. DVD. Nice. Yeah. And then he um. And then he showed it to me, and that experience, that's one of my favorite movie experiences yeah. at somebody's house, like, because it was just fun as fuck. I, I, I didn't expect it to be so weird and funny and fun. Um, it was just a, a random it was just a great yeah. And then Daryl was all like, you guys are weird for watching this yeah. movie. Like, I think he came halfway through yeah. or something, he was just like, what the fuck When is he this? starts seeing, like, the middle I'm of like, the like, dude, we liked yeah. it so much, give it a chance later. Goddamn. But, <laughs> yeah, stars Rose McGowan. James Duvall. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the other guy's name, but he's been uh, a lot of stuff. Jonathan Sayich. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he is. James Duvall, too, is a really good-looking guy. Yes. Rose McGowan, beautiful. I thought she was James great. James Duvall man. was so cute and dopey. He was, yeah. And, oh, my gosh. He was just so, like... Stoner, oh, my God. Stoner, Joe yeah. Eight, whatever the fuck. This <laughs> is kind of like... there's a This is a trilogy of movies, believe it or not. So this is, like, the second of the three, I believe. Greg um, Rocky films. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. He has some kind of weird trilogy of these films. Then James Duvall's in all three of them. Oh, shit. Yep, yep. Um, Different character name, I bet. Yeah, well, I would have to think be. so. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. If not, you can give him the same name. He's cool. He's a cute, lovable guy. But a good actor. I love him. He helped produce the second SLC Punk movie. It was something I don't remember the name of it. But, uh, but, um,. But yeah, in this one specifically, you see, you meet two people at this punk show, metal show, and they're raging out, they're young, they're in their, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, um, they go outside, they're about to leave, Rose McGowan's character, she's kind of just a, a salty bitch all the time, <laughs> Yeah, all the fucking time, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you, you pegged it, just some random, crazy, shitty circumstance happens, some guy ends up getting thrown on their car, he gets beat up, he cuts some guy, they run away, and um, uh, when that happens, they get stuck with this guy, and every place they stop, wherever they're going, there's this crazy. really cool, yeah, this either really, really intense scene, and everything they buy is $6.66. Yeah, I never <laughs> follows the movie. Yeah. Uh, Peter Brady is a cameo, Margaret Cho is a yeah. cameo. Yeah! <laughs> um... Oh, Parker Posey's a cameo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking Parker Posey's in that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That's such it's a such cast. a good movie. <laughs> it's such so a great fun. fucking cast. Uh, it takes place in... It, well, I don't know if it takes place yeah. in 1995. It, it was released <laughs> in 1995. Like, nobody knows about it. Like, what the fuck? It's yeah. Some, it's fun. It it's was fun. totally fun. A lot of people rusted on YouTube, I noticed, when I wanted to hear other people's thoughts about it. I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I was really... <laughs> I'm not saying it's the best that. thing ever, but it's, yeah, it's it was fun to me. You should right. like it. It was intense. It was a yeah. lot of sex in it, which I liked. Yeah, it, it, it was ex- a very sexual. It movie, was too. a very sexual movie. It explored bisexuality. It explored just all types of weird shit. Uh, it explored multiple multiple partners, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a good way. I mean, this was kind of like an intense kind of way of looking at it, but it still explored the idea of. Right. People wanting to have multiple partners and it not be about Margaret Cho's like that. Margaret Cho, uh, uh, she's hey. pansexual, I, I believe, and she likes multiple partners. I don't know at the same time or not, but she's um, uh, monogam or uh, pol- not a polygamist, um, polyamorous when she just likes different partners, guys, girls, whatever. She was in a relationship with a guy. I don't know if they're still in the same relationship. Who knows? But um, while they were together, she was like, look, I want an open relationship. I like sex, this, that, mm-hmm. whatever. So I like that they explored that idea of it being okay. Right. It can be constructive to have multiple partners. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be like a 
you know, an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can do it in a constructive fashion, or you can do it in a destructive fashion, which is an uncommon. People, it's one or the other. They just I think, made that thing. It was just nor. It was just there. It was. Like, it, was it was very it was like normal. It was became. Whatever. You kind of like. You could kind of tell it was gonna happen. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's really it there. Like nowhere. they did a great job of like pushing the uh, attraction that everyone had for each other. And they how, they did a really good job of that. They actually fucking did. I was really impressed. I was really impressed. That was really good. Yeah, I was You watched people not like this movie. That's really yeah. what the fuck. I fuck them. That's how they get likes, though, is they talk shit about stuff. Yeah, that's how they get their fuck. That's their clip. But um, thing. we love that movie. It's so funny. I, I could talk about. It. We could make that a whole episode. <laughs> right. We should make we that should whole make episode. It. Yeah. We should make it a whole episode. <laughs> Speaking of dark and crazy fucking films, let's talk about Dark City. You ever heard of that one? Uh uh-uh. uh Fair enough. So it's by an Australian director that directed The Crow. Okay. You've seen the original crow, right? Yup. Alex uh, Proyas. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. But uh, they were saying he's going to be like the next Tim Burton or Terry Gilliam or whatever. But, uh, so this guy Rufus Sewell gets snared into a nightscape pursued by a freaky cabal of pasty-faced men in black led by Kiefer Sutherland and um, Kevin O'Brien who played Rufus in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that <laughs> motherfucker. I may have his first name wrong. It's Derek or Kevin O'Brien, something O'Brien. His last name's O'Brien, but he, he wrote uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And him and um, Tim uh, Tim Curry developed the Frankenfurter character uh, when it was on Broadway. Ooh. But anyway, so um, this movie is like a real mind bender. You, you, this detective is trying to solve these, these, these murders. And it's always at night. It's always, always, always at night. Mm. And the more that he... Um, dives into this into these crimes. The more he's discovering that the world isn't what it seems. So it becomes this like matrix mind bender, where someone's actually controlling your environment so much that it's controlling um, who you are, um, your mm-hmm. career, um, who you're with. You can go from perfect family to like being a hobo. So it becomes this huge crazy fucking mind bender <laughs> and the detective happens to be one of the guys that can not be controlled very easily and starts being the one that can control his environment so again it's like this huge fucking mind bender an intense mind bender Kiefer Sutherland I think one of his best characters can you bring up the IMDB on that I want to see the actor I can't remember Kiefer Sutherland yeah I, I everyone knows him from like 24 and from uh, Stand By Me or, or Lean On Me excuse me Mm-mm-mm. Or stand by me. I'm sorry, stand by me. Because they're standing by me and leaning uh, on me. There we go. Looking at Dark City. We're gonna bring up Dark City here real quick. Fun fact time. You just download the app, dude. <laughs> yeah, is oh, is it? Even better. Yep, Rufus Sewell. It's fucking nuts. Uh, Jennifer Connelly's in it. William Hurt. Richard O'Brien. William Hurt. What? I don't know, Bruce Spence, Mr. Wall, but they, it's got a really good cast, a really, really good cast. Like, four people wrote this bitch, I want to look up some trivia here real quick, just something interesting about it. Some triv. Some triv. I don't think we did that yet, we should do some trivia on the other movie, too. New Line Cinema force Alex Proyas to include the opening narration by Kiefer Sutherland, which gives away several plot points, several plot reveals. Proyas objected to it, saying it was unnecessary, and he subsequently removed the narration... From his director's cut. Oh, cool. The number of pieces of the set 
including those used for the rooftop chase, were sold to the production of the Matrix at the end of shooting. Oh, no shit! Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those movies are, are a lot alike. There were many deliberate anarchis... Anar- anachronisms? Oh, wow, I can't read that fucking word. Anachronisms? Anachronisms! What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> um, anachronisms to give the viewer a feeling of confusion about the time period of the film. That makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. They re- I'm, I'm so glad they said this. They really, really do. Like, there are certain areas that they manipulate that looks like more like 50s, and then there's other areas that make it look like more like 80s. Ooh, yeah, cool. so it really plays with, like, time, space, place. It plays with everything. It really plays with everything. It really is a... a very, very... You have to watch it a couple of times. The, okay. the Kiefer Sutherland narration was necessary for a general audience. But for audiences like me and you, it probably wouldn't have been necessary. I do remember Kiefer Sutherland narrating it. Mm-hmm. And it really did talk a lot about um, the movie itself. Like, not what the movie's about, but it gives you certain ideas that as the movie progresses, you start easily like, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, that's coming up. But then mm-hmm. if you watch the director's cut, which I never have. I kind of want to now. There's no narration. So just me thinking of that, it would give you more mystery to the film. Yeah, I think I prefer that. Yeah, see? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. See, I don't always like watching trailers for stuff, with exception. Oh, right. Like uh, the new um, Marvel movies, all those Marvel... I love watching those trailers, especially like the later trailers. Because you kind of already get the gist of the characters. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. They show too damn much in trailers these days. Fuck yeah! I like how... In uh, Jurassic World, the the newer one from a couple years ago, they had um, showed you a trailer, but I think that only took place... Whatever they showed you, I think it was only within the first hour or half hour, so I'm like, okay, good, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. The um, you know? <laughs> Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame, uh-huh. I think it was Endgame, they only used footage from the first 20 minutes. Oh, that's amazing. To make a trailer. That's beautiful yeah god damn don't spoil yeah. nothing right hey when they spoil uh the kills in these horror movies i know in the trailer bitch yeah what the fuck who yeah. does that like sometimes <laughs> what what i've seen is like right before the guy it's attacks so... they'll cut away yeah or like, like you'll see that's the too much the killer and then it Even ends. that's too much yeah, yeah. That, that's too much like you just <sighs> yeah totally totally it's gonna make me wait for it to be free on streaming bitch <laughs> no i'm not gonna pay to see it <laughs> yeah that'll kill any movie yeah. for me. that happened really bad in the orphan, in the orphan, I knew exactly what was going on. The girl orphan killing people. Yeah, yeah. So the, one of the trailers that came out it was actually a couple of them. They showed so much in the trailer that you knew this little girl. Spoiler alert! If you guys haven't seen it, you're not missing much anyway. It's a good movie, but um, you knew automatically this girl was like maybe thirty or forty years old mm-hmm. and just did not. Like, develop and age. Right. Right? So there was a scene when she's like, oh, teach me piano, mama. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of creepy. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> in the next scene, you see her, like, playing the fucking piano. Like, playing, like, Mozart's fucking Ninth Symphony and shit. And playing those creepy shit. And being up. creepy. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, in another bitch, scene, no. you see her, like, picking up a hammer. And then, boom, it tells me everything. It tells me that she lied, that she manipulated people, that mm. she's not as old as she says she right. is, and she's going to fucking murder someone. Like, it doesn't tell you to, yeah, it doesn't leave any mystery. Is this just a regular eight-year-old girl fucking who's fucking psycho? Yeah. No, it's not. You don't learn piano. Piano is one of the it's most difficult. It's a grown difficult. titless bitch. You're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say about piano? <laughs> it's a very difficult instrument. Yeah. <laughs> kind of made me lose my train of thought. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you motherfucker. Ooh. 
What's Idi- next? Idiocracy. Oh my god. <laughs> One of the best ever. It's by our favorite. Oh my god. The creator of Beavis and Butthead and uh, King of the Hill. Yeah, Judge. <laughs> judge. Mike Judge. Mike Judge. Oh my god. I'm DB time. I'm DB time. So for those of you that don't know Idiocracy, you fucking should. Because we're living it, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> Oh my god! It balls. came out in 2006! And yeah, yeah fuck yeah! It's, it's the now fucking about future. the right time. Fucking hey, so we're gonna look up some IMDb trivia. I love this part. Where is it? Idi. I kind of felt like that earlier when I was trying to pronounce that word in acronyms. And that chronomicus? Are they afraid of spiders? Like. Right. <laughs> oh, come on. It, ooh, boom. Idiocracy yeah, is man. so crazy. It stars uh, Luke Wilson. Maya Rudolph, who's a really good actor. Oh, I forgot Jack Shepard's in it. What's interesting, yeah. what's really funny, is Terry Crews plays the president. He does. And he's like a wrestler guy yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, he is. Or something. Yeah, he looks he like he's in like a wrestling outfit. Yeah, yeah, at he's least He's in like that. this all-American He's got a weave too, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, so fucking funny. Terry Crews was hysterical on that. I love Terry Crews. We can't love use Powerade to, plant, to, to water the plants. But they have electrolytes. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb shit they say. Holy fuck. It's so funny. It's like Twitter. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is like real life Twitter. <laughs> fucking name. So, uh, this movie is about a guy that uh, is like your C average. Luke Wilson. He's On a every C level. Average. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to work too hard. I don't want a promotion. I like exactly where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I like minimal. Literally, it's how he is. Yeah. And he talks a lot about it. He's like, what, what do you mean above average? I don't want to. No, huh? Like, I don't know. I'm good. I'm just here. I just, I'll give you C's. Like, <laughs> so he accidentally gets cryogenically frozen for 500 years. And then when he wakes up, finds out that this. C average dude who does bare minimum and is so proud of it becomes the smartest man in the world. Because <laughs> he's in the all these he's people. present five hundred years, so it's the future. Yeah, yeah, and I think one reason why this movie uh, didn't do all that great is because I think it really talked a lot about the potential stupidity and the already ways that they've been dumbing down the education system. I think it's arguably a political piece, very much so, even for my judge. I don't think he meant it to be that way, but it literally has been mentioned so many times by conspiracy theorists uh, and people that um, talk about how the education system has been so dumbed down Mm. that this movie makes so much sense, and we're feeling it now, especially with social media. Like, literally, we went from being taught... Like ethics and philosophy um, and uh, money management and, and time management into high school to learning none of that. Literally, I've taken all of those out and taken a lot of art out of the curriculum, which is important. Mm-hmm. And this movie really kind of touches on a lot of that. And I don't think they do that intentionally. Just It was just a really funny movie that showed a guy 500 years in the future that showed everyone being so fucking dumb. The lawyer, Dak Shepard, the lawyer, he's supposed to defend his client, but he ends up making fun of his clients. Like, look at him. He's guilty. He's an idiot. Dak Shepard's character goes, yeah, he is an idiot. He is so stupid. And then Luke Wilson's like, you're my attorney. You're supposed to defend me. Right. And uh, Dak Shepard made a comment that he was like, oh, yeah, when I turned in my bar exam online, it was a three-question test. Like, it was so wow, funny, like, how that he part. did it. Yeah, yeah, he, like, did the test online. And yeah. It was good satire. 
throughout the whole film, people uh, don't even really communicate. They just yell at each other and get mad at each other. Oh, yeah. It, oh, my God. It's like fucking walking in the Walmart, bitch. Holy it's, fuck, That's yeah. how scary that is. Because, yeah. like, that's how, they, that's how they acted in that movie. They would yeah. shout at each other and get angry and not even really have conversations or question I each other. I remember that, yeah. That was fucked up. That's scary, yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. Right. I've seen a lot of that shit. That's fucking nuts. And his female companion, um, Maya Rudolph's character, I can't remember how she... She was in the future. Yeah, too. I don't remember either. I don't remember, but she was. Um, I think no, she was in the past, and then she went into the future. I yeah, don't know yeah, how she got yeah. in the future like him. Maybe the same thing, I guess. But anyway, she was a prostitute, and yeah, uh, uh, she was also uh, a sea average type of person. Yeah, but somehow yeah. she was a prostitute. But um, because that's what the military people said when they chose her. But anyway, uh, they um kind of got together, and he, she told him she was like uh. He, <laughs> She was like, I'm an artist, because cause, uh, Luke, uh, Luke, Wilson. Luke Wilson asked yeah. her what she did. She was like, I'm an artist. I do art. <laughs> he never knew she used to be a hooker. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. She kept awesome. like conning people, too. She would like go up to people and be like, you want this, girl? You want this? All you got to do is give me 500 bucks, and I'll come back later. <laughs> She did do yeah. that. I forgot. <laughs> she kept like she kept like uh, getting money off the same guy over and over again. That just wasn't figuring it out. <laughs> right. Oh, oh so funny. I love. And if it, you man. remember in the beginning of the movie, it was two different couples. Remember that shit? And one couple was um kind of smart and a little affluent. Yes. yes. And then yes. they kept holding off about having children because like the economy and yeah. didn't know if they really wanted to do it and they kept holding off. And then the other couple, they were more like uh, lower class or whatever, just more like just rude and ignorant and they kept having kids after kids yeah, after. Yeah. and they went back to each interview from each couple and then the, the dumber couple they kept having more kids yeah. and didn't give a fuck about it had like 12 <laughs> kids yeah they, yeah that really that really says a lot that really says a lot and it was funny because they showed the guy yelling at the girl while she was pregnant about another girl that he got pregnant that was yeah. on the other side of him who was pregnant. So now he's having two different generations of kids when they're all fighting they're all poor yeah. and the, the dumb people are reading more yeah, yeah. I hard. think they they never had a kid and died, so they were like right. the smart people died having no children, so right. we now no longer get that gene. Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> great. That's Fucking great. Fuck. It's still happening. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck yeah. Because it's hard to come out of poverty, even if you are intelligent. So I'm just saying. Yeah. But- but yeah, that movie was amazing. It was so oh, fucking brain so true. Idiocracy. Gotta check it out. Awesome fucking film. Oh, it was so goofy. Yeah, it was so fun. funny. Funny as fucking smart as fuck. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, for it being talking about the dumbness of people, really fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, what you got, Ed? Uh, my next one is called Neverland. It is. <clears throat> a, you remember that? I showed it to you. I show yeah. my friends like these independent films or smaller films that you probably never heard of, and I show my friends and I just like to see their reactions. And I, Shane, you enjoyed it because the way you just react right now. Yeah. But um, awesome. Neverland, I discovered that through my local library too, and it came out in two thousand three, two thousand four. Very independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about uh, this this guy. He called himself Peter Pan, and um. Uh, well, no, let me start over. It's about this family of uh, these two adults. They had adopted these uh, two young, two children, three children to be in their family, and they're all ethnic. And um, the parents are kind of terrible. If, what you get from what the daughter Wendy is saying to them, and Wendy's black with dreadlocks and really pretty and thick. And um, they have uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. John and Michael. I can't remember. I can't distinguish the different ones, but uh, Will Wheaton is one of them. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, this uh, hot muscular guy, I think it's Hungarian or something. He's uh, the other one, the youngest one, John, I guess. I can't remember their fucking names for the boys. <laughs> but anyway, um, they're all... Uh, the parents are going away, and uh, just the three uh, kids, even though they're like maybe like 
they're young adult. They're like 19, 20, 21. They're, they're, that, they're, they're those ages. And they play those ages in the film anyway. But they all live at home anyways. And the parents the parents leave. And then they meet Peter Pan and Wendy. They take them to this place called Neverland. And it's just amuse, an amusement park where Peter Pan, uh, Tinkerbell, and um, the Lost Boys live. So um, they just explore the amusement park. And it's this crazy guy who works there. They call him Hook. And he's just crazy. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, about the premise. The story yeah, about it. Yeah. But I, I like the whole like direction they do. It starts off with arguments. So that's kind of... Yeah. Tur- that turned my brother off. He didn't give a fuck after that. <laughs> the first five minutes. Like, you're, you guys are already arguing. Ew. <laughs> but I, I powered through it. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. Because yeah, it was, was cute. Story. And the best thing that I can take away from that... Is the uh, the end scene with uh, Wendy and Peter? Oh my god! Like that acting was just so great. They um yeah, they have a conversation. Really, really yeah, because throughout the film, I wasn't a big fan of the kid that played. Pain. He's good, but he he stuck to this like this this rhythm. Like even when he talked, it was the same pace. It wasn't mm-hmm. a lot with his character. And we're talking like a guy that's portraying a pretty classical character. So right. it was rated R, which is nice. I liked that content pushing, but. <laughs> That scene definitely redeemed it. That scene was the best scene of the whole movie. Yeah, it redeemed it. They had a conversation about uh, childhood abandonment, yeah. taking responsibility, growing up, and it was just so good. And oh my god, it was just so good. And that that girl um, who played Wendy, she was just great. She was yeah, she was my favorite like actor, yeah. actor out of the whole damn movie. She was the focus of the film, if I remember right. She didn't know kind, she yeah, was Wendy yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. She didn't know her her history. With everything, if, if I'm right, I may, I may be wrong. I don't remember. Uh, she knew, she knew what was going on. She, okay. uh, she had a boyfriend that she mentioned who was gone. She was a white lover. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> but gotcha. she, she had another boyfriend. She talked about briefly. And I do like who they cast as Wendy. I like. Mm-hmm. Her. Yeah, she was great. I looked her up. She only did like one other thing, and that was it. What? I think she's a chef or something. She, she does something away from the entertainment. I know that for sure. Oh, okay. Because that's why she's not pursuing it anymore. But she was great. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. But yeah, that that definitely um, noteworthy. That was Definitely. great. Um, the guy who was Smee, Scotty doesn't know. Oh that guy, yeah, he was Smee. <laughs> That's great. Wait, Matt Damon? <laughs> is that his fucking name? The guy who played um, Scotty. Uh, that Scotty doesn't know movie. What is that called? Oh, that was Euro Trip, right? Was it Euro Trip or was it? Yeah, that was Scotty doesn't know. Matt okay. Damon played the guy that did the song. No, but... no, no, no. It's not. It's not the singer. Okay, it's the okay. guy. The guy actually Scotty. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the movie. Um. It's this guy. I think you're thinking of the guy from Swim Fan. Well, whoever was Scotty yeah. in that movie who got yeah. cheated on, that's yes. that's who's in in the who plays Smee in the Neverland movie that we're talking about. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Right. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's you're got right. that small part in that, but it's great to see him in that before. Yeah, that. he was cool. Yeah, he I was, like him. He was good. And then the the hook, the um, <laughs> hook has that phobia of the crocodile and the crocodile yeah. is just this guy he had hooked up with. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like that's why the crocodile wants him in this variation. That's funny. That was funny as fuck. <laughs> that was funny. Like, Hook is gay. That makes great. sense. That mm-hmm. totally makes fucking sense. Yeah, that was great. That's and hysterical. um it's the a great girl, independent film. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was great. Tinkerbell was such a bitch. She just had a nasty yeah, attitude the did. whole way through. I think it was a fucking time. I think uh she had bitch. a Yeah, yeah. Remember they had that little kid with the twins, the twin boys for the uh the lost boys? They had that. They had that baby in the cart for a while. I think so. I they did. Remember, and I think that was Tinkerbell's baby because something okay. what they said before Tinkerbell old deed. Yeah, I think she's, they oh, alluded. God, she I think they alluded somewhere in those. Yeah, probably. They alluded that that was like her kid or something. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, weird. That like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, they really didn't. I did, I don't like uh, certain things. I didn't like, but I think it's right. Pretty film. Right. But uh, with Tinkerbell, I didn't. I kind of didn't like that aspect of like how they paid her to be this fucking cunt. Yeah. I don't. I didn't get that. I was fine with it, but they didn't 
finish shit up yeah, or anything. Yeah. Tie it up and it, show yeah. you yep. a reason. Like, they didn't really... They put know. a bow on it, but didn't give us much outside yeah, of that. Yeah, they didn't Yeah, really it wasn't much of a stand yeah, to finish it off. If they anything. had given that more film, like that subplot more time... Mm-hmm. I think it would have made it would have breathed better in the. It would have breathed better. It was like you show Tinkerbell, she's a fucking bitch. She overdoses. She might have a kid. That's it. Right. Mm. Carrie Walgren played her, and she's a very famous voice actor. Actress, oh, cool! So, yeah, she does have a really cool voice. Mm-hmm. She has a really fucking cool voice. It has a really good cast. The guy from Swim Fan is in it. The guy from Euro Trip is in it. Uh, you said uh, Will Wheaton's in it, or yeah. Josh Wheaton? Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton's I'm in sure, it. Yeah, He's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Been in everything. Guy's an incredible uh, act. He's got a great uh, presence on social media. He has a YouTube channel and a TV show that all they do is play board games. Like, his <laughs> friends, they play board games and shit. And they talk about that. They actually teach you how to play the game. And they knew he's got that awesome voice. He's got a really cool voice. So he narrates and talks about the board <laughs> game and teaches people how to play. It's really, really cool. Nice. But, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was a really, very creative film. What very a great way yeah. to bring, like, that lore to an adult audience. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. If they could have... It had a great sense of humor, too. I think it, it had a really good sense of humor. It did. And I really love that ending, because, like, other than that great scene with Peter and Wendy... Which was great, that dialogue. But um, also, the Lost Boys, they chose to have a better life and to take care of themselves. Yeah. That was really that was really good. Peter Peter was the one who chose to stay in Neverland and, <coughs> and be alone and be a kid and not have any responsibilities. But the Lost Boys, they wanted better for themselves. Yeah. That was cool. I like that. That was a good story. Paul. They wanted to... They, be, there was some fighting in this, if I remember. If the, the fighting... Physical fights? Yeah. Um, if they had added some of that, that'd yeah, be kind of cool. No, they didn't have any of that. <laughs> I didn't think so. That the, the budgetary budget wise, that that can be expensive because either you have to get someone that knows how to mm-hmm. do film fighting, right. which is a lot of a lot of filming. It's a lot of close ups, far aways, close up, far aways, twists, turns, yeah, camera angles. Yeah, trying to do all that. They probably didn't have time. Very, very difficult. So, but mm-hmm. had they taken the time to figure that out, Maybe that would have that would have that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A sword fight, a cool little sword fight. Or if yeah. they had like added some guns. Kinda like how they what they did what they did with Romeo and Juliet, the film with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. They had kinda made it like that. Mm-hmm. Where they use guns and they use the same dialogue, but then they would focus on certain things and add certain things. Peter so they made was pretty it athletic. Related. It was a bit of a lost uh yeah. But yeah. again yeah, I thought we got it was cute. I thought it was so. but it was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I thought overall that was really cool. It was. Good, I would recommend watching. Show, yeah, it was something fun to watch. It's, it's called Neverland, right? Yeah, just called Neverland. Yeah, so check out Neverland. I love it. It's a good movie. Awesome movie. I, I like those kind of independent films. I always try to catch right. a couple good. I think Damien Dietz was the director. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Something I like right. that. <laughs> Murder Ball. This is a documentary. Mm-mm. I loved this documentary. These are about um, Olympic athletes that are paraplegic. Um, so the film got Oscar nominated in the documentary section about paraplegic rugby players oh my gosh yep never expanded beyond 97 theaters wow that's actually crazy that's too bad since the story of the US team's battle to win gold at the 2004 Paralympic Games is as exhilarating and crowd pleasing as Rocky. No kidding. Like the gladiatorial wheelchairs welded by these aggressive athletes, the film packs an unexpected wallop. I'm just actually reading what um, uh, an article I read about. I can't remember who did the article, but um, 
This this film was fucking awesome. These are literally about Olymp- these are Olympians. No joke, Olympians. These are paraplegics. Most of them have been in like car accidents or oh, something okay. like that, or something crazy happened to them. I think one guy got shot and was paralyzed. Damn. So to kind of deal with that, you know, when you lose your legs, like think about not being able to u- use your legs for a week, and then having a hard time doing something simple as waking up and going to the bathroom like when we wake up and go to the bathroom sometimes i don't want to walk like 10 feet to the bathroom you know what i mean (laughs) imagine this guy when he's like two feet away from a toilet and he's in a wheelchair so it really gives you uh, an incredible perspective into the lives of people that have to live in wheelchairs and it's it's fucking sad how they power through it and become uh great people not that they weren't great before but this kind of it gave him a new level. Yeah. yeah, it gave him a completely new level of living. Um, so the story centers around an American um, rugby team. It's a Paralympic rugby team. Now, these, this isn't like a subcategory to the Olympics. It's Olympic. It's every four years. You get your gold. Well, now every two. Mm. Um, you get your gold. And oh, I didn't even know. Is that two years now? Uh, so they do summer and winter Olympics. Yeah, so that's it's every right. two years. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. I'm not sure which category they're in, but I think they do it every four. I don't see them having a rugby team every two years. But I just don't know. Um, but because of glowing popularity and the billions of dollars they dump into, and the billions of dollars they get into, um, the, that they get in ad revenues and merchandising, and that, and the fact that they don't have to pay the people that are in these things, with the exception of like travel and lodging, which is fucking pathetic. <laughs> these athletes, this is what's disgusting. These Olympic athletes literally, literally make people tens of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Tens of billions. We're talking up-and-coming advertisers, current people that need adver- McDonald's. How many times have you seen McDonald's fucking sponsor right. Olympics, for fuck's sake? Okay. They're always mm-hmm. a part of the The Golden Arches, come eat our shitty food. Olympics! <laughs> fucking assholes. Um... <laughs> Oh, I'm fucking real. But they don't pay them. They don't pay the athletes. All they do is cover room, board, and travel. Bullshit. What the fuck? Ooh, experience. That's not yeah. shit. Definitely. Like you're an Olympic athlete. You're representing your country and they give you an EBT card and a free bus trip. What the fuck? It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. But anyway, this is about the uh, rugby team. Uh, they, they're all custom wheelchairs. Uh, they're made of steel. Uh, they're high, you know, density uh, things. Um, they have to play rugby for obvious reasons a little differently. So they have mm-hmm. to bounce the ball every uh, couple of seconds or something like that. Like you can't just hold the ball. You have to actually bounce it. So you you have the ball. You're in your wheelchair. You got to move, bounce, move, bounce, pass. And then you have to put the ball into a trash can, essentially. So that's your goal. So you have to get over in there. You can however you want to put it in the trash can. Obviously, they have goalies. They have the same rules as rugby. Mm-hmm. Just there's, there's a few exceptions. Um... But it was just such an incredible story watching this team go through and, and play all these people and then play um, this Canadian team. It was such an ex- like it was edge of your seat, fucking intense documentary. And it's also talked about the lives of people in wheelchairs. Another thing that was kind of like personal to them was like they talked about like literally like they're like all right, so I'm a paraplegic, can't move my legs, like how do I uh, masturbate? Like, <laughs> so they kind of explained how they teach them how to orientate their lives back into something commonplace. Like, yeah. where do they go to, you know what I mean? Like, figure it out. Like, um, sex, they actually talked about and showed videos on how people in relationships with paraplegics can have sex with their partners. Which is always really, really interesting. You know, you get them, you move them around, you figure it out. You're always on top. 
<laughs> that kind of thing. It's, it's, it was really like an interesting look at, at that community. <laughs> right, because you was, don't know. Yeah, That's I had no idea. idea. I, I could only guess, but I doubt I'd be far off. But I mean, think of the, the time of physical therapy, plus the emotional damage of waking up not having your legs. Ugh. It's just fucking, yeah, it's really intense. Yeah. I mean, it really, not only was it sad, but it was like very redeeming. It was extremely redeeming because it was uh, just an incredible inside look into, into people's lives and how they deal with this kind of thing. And a lot of them deal with it through sports. Like, I can't play sports. Oh, no, wait. Fuck yeah, I can. Like, think of the military guy. Yeah, think of the military guy that got his leg blown off overseas, comes home, and then becomes a fucking Olympic runner. You know, a professional runner that, incredible. like, breaks records right. and shit. Like, that, that kind of tenacity. I love that. I love that ideology. So this was an awesome looking at. So Murder Ball, you got something on there? Yeah, my last one Ooh, nice. is a movie called Devon's Ghost. Oh! <laughs> it's a horror movie. I forgot about that one. Oh. <laughs> it's a horror movie. Um, Karen Ashley and Johnny Young Bosch, the second yellow and black Power Rangers ever. They um they were part of the creative process for this film, uh, especially Karen Ashley. Uh, shout out to you guys, love you guys. Yeah, I like you too. Hate your movie, fuck big off. Power Ranger fans. Yeah, but this movie, <laughs> it was cute. I enjoyed it for what it was. You yeah. know, it had a lot of like, <laughs> it had a lot of problems, but it was still it was still enjoyable for me though. Like it was still fun to watch. I felt so bad. Ed, I could not. Well, yeah, I, I think I made it maybe ten minutes. Yeah, he, you didn't, you really couldn't get through it. I was like, I like kind of crap movies sometimes. Like, yeah, <laughs> me too. I can try and get through. But you were over it. I saw, dude. Oh my fuck. Okay, so what this is about is um some type of uh, it's like a horror movie that takes place like in a high school kind of half the time, but um. It's something happened in the past with the characters that are in high school now, and it's like they don't show you like enough to get you through to understand what the fuck even happened. <laughs> so I think that's what pissed you off. Like yeah. they didn't give you enough oh, about yeah. the about the incident or the murder or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, you had to you had to like kind of wait till like later. Like, yeah, way later. I, was, I probably should have finished it. I might give it a once over. I should because there might be something <laughs> in there that that I missed that I, I probably should have given it a chance. But right. The kid, the guy in general who directed it was also one of the lead actors in it who doesn't have a lot of experience with anything film-wise. So it was not hard to take it. I mean, Quentin Tarantino was a high school dropout and just started going and doing film. But he had this extremely creative mind. He was a smart guy. Mm -hmm. He's always an exception to the rule. So it's, it's, it's not that I'm by any stretch comparing uh, him to, to this director. But it was, it was just like... The way it started off was not confusing. There just was nothing there, character-wise. It was like groups of people. It was faraway shots when they should be more closer. Mm -hmm. The dialogue was either predictable or boring to me. Yeah, it was pretty predictable. <laughs> yeah, so it kind oh, of... Oh, um, the cheerleaders wore their uniforms during school hours, which was weird to me. I always, like... Did they really do that? Yes. Yeah, Maybe for yeah. game days, but they don't walk around like that all day. Right. Anymore. Yeah. They were just trying to get some titties in the movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then uh, definitely uh, when the bad guy comes on with the knife, he had like a knife with a uh, buzz saw on t attached to it or something like that. Uh, you know the yeah that that round sharp yeah, pointy thing on top yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. and then like um, Karen and Johnny would fight it. <laughs> 
because <laughs> they they have the martial arts experience oh, and power right. experience yeah. so they actually find it and be like this isn't your everyday horror movie is it yeah. guys come on but like <laughs> that was cool and i like um how some of the characters died that was actually kind of sad though <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i was like wow they kind of did a decent job with that part <laughs> um but yeah some of the the two characters that even died that I'm talking about, they went back to the school in the middle of the night for some reason. I was like, that was fucking stupid. Like, why'd they even do that? I can't remember why they even did that, but certain characters went to places that didn't make sense and did yeah. things that didn't talk to people. It was just, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it was, anytime, anytime, in my opinion, and I see this in a lot of film, when people do dumb shit, Mm-hmm. No explanation. Like, why yeah. go back into that fucking room? You kind of have to. The front door's right there. You know, you it's a movie, idiot. but it, you kind of have to get yeah. a little bit. There's a cop oh. outside. Lights are on. He's got a gun, and you run upstairs and hide in the tub. Right. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's literally shit like that 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 isn't explained. That really, really pisses me off. It really right. just it fucking gets my blood boiling. Like, as a director, even as an actor, when you're reading this scene and you're going over it, it's like. Well, just like what you said on that one post uh, on our Instagram, which follow our Instagram, Actors Lounge Podcast. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> make it make fucking sense. Please, make it make fucking sense. For the love of fucking everything awesome and cool. But I'm make glad I bought it and I have it in my collection, you know, towards my good love. Good Towards my love for Power Rangers yeah. fandom, whatever the fuck. It's a good collection. So, like, it's here, but, like, you know. It'll never leave that fucking show. I'll try <laughs> to, I'll try to show it to my other friends, though. You're the thing, I think you're the first one that I only showed it to so far. Yeah. I had it for a few months. I haven't Make me sh- the last. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it was, it's nice to, I love, I still like seeing Power Rangers and other, Power Ranger, former Power Ranger actors and other yeah, things, so it was nice to see absolutely. them. Absolutely. Especially after, like, all the them. bullshit with the first round of the American Power Rangers show. Because for those that don't know, the original Power Rangers show was Americanized from the... Uh, Sentai. Sentai, thank you. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. In uh, Japan, I think. Right? Yeah, or that China. sounds about right. I think it was a Japanese show. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, Japanese Sentai. Sounds about right, yeah. Like Jibinja! That's so funny. That's hysterical. But, uh... So the original, uh, a lot of times that you see the Power Rangers um, fighting like a monster in uniform wasn't even the American Power Rangers. And, and you can really tell from their signs. You totally can. Like when they're Power fighting Rangers. putties most of the time. Yeah. Like the Yellow Ranger's a guy in, in mm-hmm. the Japanese version. Yeah. That's why he doesn't wear a skirt. He just Yellow is just, a I guess, I don't know, he's the gay ranger. But whatever. <laughs> in that one, he's the gay ranger. <laughs> yeah, but she's the Pink Ranger's a girl in both series. But yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, was, you totally oh, yeah. know this all the sides. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, for that, I did support that kind of film because uh, the American actors were treated like shit. Totally oh my God. Paid dirt, yeah. overworked. Fuck you, Saban. Yeah, I mean, we're talking... <laughs> to this day. Minimum wage. Um, they had to travel. Uh, they had to do voice work. Yeah, they had to do voice work and choreography and regular acting. That's yeah, a lot, bitch. Yeah, I mean, they're talking, they even talked about, it, like, they worked, like, what, six, sometimes seven days a week on the fucking show. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine working, like, well, like 14 12, days 14, straight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And some people live really far away from set, so they would go home, sleep, like, four or five hours, and then go right back to set the next day. Like, super early morning. Like, you had to be there at seven, you left at, like, nine, ten at night. Ugh. Hour drive Yuck. home. Fuck off. Or live I'm, in your dressing room sometimes. I bet they did that. I fucking A, I would. I'd be <laughs> sleeping in my fucking car. Be exhausted. I did that at my old job. I slept in my car. I was so fucking tired. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Devon's ghost. So Power Ranger fans um, should probably know about that if you don't. Yeah, you should. But 
only watch the first five minutes and then tell if you're gonna finish it. <laughs> it was a lot of if you like um, a lot of kills. It was a lot like a lot of people got murdered. Like so, I don't. I feel like a high yeah. kill counts. Honestly, that I, might be for you. I, I think mean, after talking about it plus. now, I might I might give it a once over. I really will. Yeah. I'm gonna power through it. I'm gonna grin and bear it. Power through it because I kind of want to watch it now that we're talking about it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Maybe we'll get Daryl. We'll try to make it. We'll yeah, we'll, 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 this is what we'll do. Walk like, hey, this is a pretty cool that. movie. You should watch it with us. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be like, wait, what? What? He's gonna. I like, know the first five minutes. Yeah. He's gonna be, what the fuck? Wait. He's gonna say the same shit. Why are you lying? Right. Uh, I know he's got the same. He's, We're gonna trick his ass. Daryl's, we'll wait for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll Daryl's probably gonna be like fucking prude about it. Try and be nice about it. Like it was. Um, a movie I watched, yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I sat, I watched it. Um, there were characters in it. Um, it had dialogue. People died. Yay! Like, <laughs> we're trying to be very PC about it. But, alright. Next on our list of movies you don't know. Rescue Dawn. Rescue Dawn came out in 2006, so 14 years ago. So, still not early. This was right after, I want to say, he got done doing uh, Equilibrium. I think they came out the same year. But, uh, so Christian Bale, um, it, it plays a character, um, he's a fighter pilot for the military. Just a regular job, he's going, flying over a place, he might drop a bomb, he might shoot some people, who knows, he's just flying over, nothing crazy. killing people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, this is around the Vietnam War, so oh, he's geez. flying over a certain spot, he doesn't know was heavily enemy fortified, and they shot his plane down. Well, yeah. later they find him, kidnap him, obviously. He becomes a war prisoner um, at a camp with other fellow war prisoners um, that are obviously treated terribly. Like, at night, they're all tied down to, like, a stick of wood. Like, it's <gasps> crazy as shit. Jesus. Like, they're all, their arms are crossed over their chests, and every other person is handcuffed to the other person, laying on their backs, and then their legs have a giant board on top of them, tying them down so they can't move. So they can't move, they can't readjust, like it's the most uncomfortable nap you've ever had in your life. God damn. Are they Fucking outside? Terrible. Yeah, it's mostly outside. It's like little huts. No, so no, 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 they're not. They have, they're like in a hut. Okay. Yeah, they're in a hot dig it. That's you a know, bonus. Terrible food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, That's fucked in up. the film, he gets out. Um, so it's, let me, let me see what this says here. A uh, combat pilot who escaped a brutal Loatian prison camp during the Vietnam War. And as a result, is kind of gonzo art house Rambo movie. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is intense. Really fucking intense. Uh, Steve Zahn is in it. Who's a great actor. He is really great. Oh, He's my God. That. So talented. Uh, may I IMDb that? Because there's one actor in there particular <laughs> that I really like. Uh, whose name escapes me. Oh, I gotta remember it. I gotta remember it. I have a war movie. Damn I it! I can't it. remember his name. I, he was just a voice actor in a really good game. God damn, I can't remember his name. Rescue Dawn! He's in a brilliant actor. Jeremy Davies! Fuck me, Jeremy Davies! God damn it. I love this guy. So, uh, it's got Steve Zahn, Christian Bale, uh, Jeremy Davies. Who else is noteworthy? Oh, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess a good name. A couple other people. Yeah, three's good. I'm gonna try and find one more I might know. Craig uh, Gallus, I don't know who that is. Ooh, Evan Jones, he's a good one. He, he was a pilot. Oh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Really, 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 really good cast. Really good cast. But uh, uh, it's directed by Werner Herzog. 
Um, they actually said something about it. Actor Christian Bale and director Warner Herzog are both known for going to extremes for their work. But the two together in this incredible, but true, this is a true story. It's based on a true story. It's a true. Survival story of a downed combat pilot who escaped a prison in, uh, during Vietnam in Laotian. Oh, okay, that's hot. Yeah, yeah, but, uh... Yeah, Jeremy Davies, for those that don't know, was in the HBO special of the movie, um, which I should have put this on my list. I still might. Um, fuck, what's that movie called? Uh, oh, uh, Laramie Project. Oh, the Laramie Project. Okay, yeah. uh, did Did you do 10 Years Later with me? Uh-uh. No, it's an awesome play. Awesome play. So, uh, Laramie Project 10 Years Later is about Matthew Shepard, who was... Um, at a bar and leaves with some guys who then try to rob him but then tie him up and beat him with a pistol so bad that he was in a coma and died. Jeremy Davies plays one of the actors um, playing an actor in in the movie which I really want to find out. I really hope they have it at the library. I might go check it out. Um, that That is one of the people that um, is talking about the Matthew Shepard incident. He's now a professional actor. He's, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this was, like, in the 90s, like, early 90s. But, um, and obviously everyone knows Christian Bale from uh, American Gangster, or uh, uh, American Hustle, uh, Equilibrium. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely check Equilibrium out. It's an awesome movie. Um, American Psycho. American Psycho. <laughs> Holy fucking yeah. He's been in a few movies that are, like, have American in it. It's kind of funny. What about but, uh, that one, uh, Terminator Salvation or, or Gemini or what? Uh, what he wasn't. He wasn't in Genesis, but uh, he was in Salvation. I think he was, and that was the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Let me look. They all suck after the second one. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of one of four films actually supersede the first film was Terminator Two Judgment Day. Yeah. There's like four or five other movies that superseded their predecessor film. Boo. As a sequel. I'm trying to think. He was in Hostels. He's just been in everything. He was in Hostel, isn't that a horror movie? No, Hostels. Hostels. It's oh, a, a war oh. film. It's a uh, 19th century war film. Come on, damn it. Vice. I want to see Vice. Oh, I did see Vice. He was Dick Cheney, duh. Big Short, Night of Cops. Night of Cops was intense. It was really intense. Well, I need to scroll down here. Because he did not have a good working relationship. Oh, Equilibrium was 2002. Excuse me, I was wrong. Who didn't have a good working relationship? Christian Bale? Yeah, Christian Bale. Big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is with his director, though. I remember when he yelled at Peter Griffin. <laughs> did he? Oh, yeah! Shut up! <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Prestige, I'm not here. Dark Knight. Ah! Yeah, you're right. It was Salvation. Salvation. Yeah. Uh, the at-the-time director... I forgot Anton Yelchin was in that. Oh, fuck yeah. He's such a good actor. He died. I remember, yeah. Yeah, he was only like 27, I think. He was young. Young I don't know, honey. Oh, oh, director's MCG. That's his fucking name? MCG. That's his stage name, yeah. What the fuck? It's a stupid name. His money name. Anyway, they had a terrible working relationship, but uh, I don't particularly think it being Christian Bale's exclusive... Um, I don't think Christian Bale started the fight. Uh, it wasn't a physical fight. They were just yelling at each other. Uh, MCG was trying to de-escalate and say, what do we need to do? Do we need to take a break? Can we take a break? No! No! I want to get it done! Let's fucking get it done! I'm ready! Like, and he was just fucking freaking out. He just had... Uh, it was a very extensive... It was like five, six days a week, 14-hour days filming. 
Okay. Constant, 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 constant. Anyone put under that kind of pressure, especially with these big budget movies, it's stressful. Hell it's a very yeah. stressful film, and I get it. You're you made ten million dollars doing this film. You're spoiled, and you're just doing a movie. Get over it, whatever. But still, it's very stressful. He's still a human being, and he had a hard time with with the material. Yeah. So it wasn't that it was a difficult job. It was just physically demanding, and very very like like draining. I get that. You know, yeah. six seven days a week, fourteen hour days. Yeah, you're gonna fucking snap. You're going to go fucking nuts. And they're trying to pump out these films. and Yeah, I don't know why that you is. Know, canned in three months, edited in six. Like, what the fuck? No fucking way. It's such, especially with these bigger budget films. Like, imagine, like, one of the Jurassic Park films if they had filmed it in 30 days. Oh, right. No Shit. fucking way. No fucking way. That's basically what they were trying to do. They were trying to cram what should have been close to six months of filming into, like, two and a half, three months. Oh, so you have to right. double everything. You have to double down on everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's got to be doubled down. It, it's very physically demanding. And with that being said, uh, he literally was um, in the middle of a tough scene, crazy scene, whatever, a lot going on. And then he looks up and there's some guy on a ladder fixing a light. And he's like, that's so unprofessional. That's so fucking unprofessional. I'm trying to focus on this and yeah. do this. There's some fucking guy fixing a light. Like, <laughs> the world's over and he's fixing a light. Like, you know what I mean? It was kind of one of those moments. It was really, really funny. So to Christian Bale's credit, he was just stressed out. And just any little thing would have made the guy snap. He definitely he needed a break. He uh, needed a nap. He needed a decent. The people meal. wasn't taking care of him. Yeah, yeah. So but that also goes with the rest of the crew. But yeah, but he he just was really pushed. Yeah, that day. yeah, that was, for sure. Wasn't for he the sure. lead? Maybe he had more responsibility and pressure. Uh, I don't know. So Sam Worthington was more the lead. It was centered around Sam Worthington's character, who mm-hmm. was a hybrid um, Terminator, but he didn't know. He was predominantly human-based, but had all machine interiors. Whoa. So with the exception of like his brain and mm-hmm. spine, everything else was, was um, steel. Huh. Kind of. Kind of, sort of. But, uh, so Christian Bale was more of a supporting, but both, they were both leading characters, but... A lot of screen time. Yeah, yeah. Sam Worthington had more screen time. Yeah, because it was centered around him and, and how they try to shut down, shut down Skynet, that kind of thing. <laughs> so... You got another movie? I do, absolutely. So, from Rescue Dawn to, I think this is my last one, Rules of Attraction. <laughs> this has such a good fucking cast, dude. It's got James Van Der Beek, along with, oh, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up, because I forget. Amanda Bynes? No, I'm kidding. It might be. Who the fuck knows? No. Search. Rescue Dawn Delete. Rules is R-U-L. No. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That'd be forgetting, man. So it's got James Vanderbeek, Ian Summerholder, who's a brilliant actor. He actually that was one of his breakup performances. Shannon Sussman, Jessica, and Jessica Biel. Yeah, Biel's in that shit. Hey. Kip uh, Pardue is in it. Kip Pardue plays a pretty cool little character in there. Kate Bosworth, Jay Baruchel, uh, who does a lot of Seth Rogen films. Uh, he was in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. He was a voice actor in that. Uh, Ooh, Clifton Collins Jr. plays a drug dealer in that. He's fucking hysterical. Mm. He is so fucking funny. Uh, who else is in that shit that I would know? Fred Savage? <laughs> <laughs> and mm. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz was in um, Quentin Tarantino film. Hey. But yeah, Fred Savage. I forgot Savage was in that shit. So huge cast. And... Oh, that's just Paul Williams. Never mind. Yep. 
Huge cast. Awesome fun cast. So it's about a... Uh, let me see. Let me see. Upon its release, the cheeky adaptation of Brett Easton Ellis's novel. So you might like this. About a group of bored, privileged college kids led by James Vanderbeek, who is also a drug dealer. He's really fucking funny. <laughs> was known as uh, the movie where Dawson turns devilish. James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek was fucking incredible. It was, oh my god, he was such a fucking, like, incredible character in that movie. He was funny, he was witty, he was nuts, he was insane, he got his ass beat, he would treat people like shit, he, oh, he was so fucking cool. Sounds like he was pretty charismatic. Yeah, yeah, these are a lot of rising stars too, so again, Jessica Biel made her money off that, Kate Bosworth made her money off that, they're, they're all uh, standout uh, performers now. Uh, Ian Summerholder, who had a great, great fucking um, uh, uh, character in that when he was a bed-hopping bisexual student. So he was Ooh. really sweet in that, so I think you'd like that. Um, he tried to do some bed-hopping in the film, but not really like what you would think. Unless I'm thinking of someone else. It doesn't really matter. But um, just an all-around incredible film. It's literally like this this like coming-of-age story where like this one guy is trying to get out of like this drug debt that he has from this dude, and he's trying to like uh, figure out his life, and then all these other subplots. So it's very much, um, it's almost like a college anthology. It really is, because you see so many different levels of... Um, people's lives throughout this whole thing. It's actually really intense. Jessica Biel just kind of plays like this little slut. It's kind of like nasty little bitch. Her character wasn't all that. It was just your typical college girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing crazy. Basic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> same with uh, Papayas, the one guy I mentioned. His same thing. Just a guy that just does whatever he wants, has sex, doesn't really give a shit, doesn't really have a lot going. Good acting, just they, they're basic characters. Let me see here. Oh, Sean Bateman, the character played by James Vanderbeek, is the younger brother of the infamous Patrick Bateman, the main character of American Psycho, a film also based on a novel by Brett Eston Ellis. I did not fucking know that. That's fucking sweet. Roger Avery explains that one of his favorite parts of the film is watching the snowflake land on Sean Bateman's eye corner and melt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the symbolism of a man that is so cold inside that the world's conscience sends out a flake of snow to force a tear where they should naturally spill forth. Jesus. Wow, that's cool. That is really intense. <laughs> that was worded very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no way. This All right. Way. The end of the world party scene was filmed on the 11th of September, 2001. That's fucking creepy. That's fucking creepy. That is. Holy shit. Scary as fuck. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Marilyn Manson, uh, musician Marilyn Manson was quoted as saying that his favorite thing in the movie is the sign on Victor's dorm room reading, Victor, tests came back positive. Be careful. When asked why he liked that particular bit so much, he said it was because Kit Pardue was dating his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> that's it. Oh, yeah! I forgot they dated. Ah, yeah, that's funny. I forgot they dated. 2013, this is Brett Aston Ellis' favorite adaptations of his work. My favorite movie out of the four was The Rules of Attraction. I thought that I thought it was the only one that captured the sensibility of the novel in a cinematic way. I know I'm sounding like a film critic on that. Thank you. But I'm taking talking about 
that in an emotional way. As the writer of the novel, I watched the movie and thought they got it in a way that Mary Harron, director of American Psycho, didn't and Less Than Zero didn't. Did and Less Than Zero didn't. Oh, whatever. <laughs> when the production couldn't afford George Michael's faith, Roger Avery sent the musician a letter asking if he could lower the price. Michael gave them the song for free. Oh, cool. Lower it. Nice. Look at that. Christian Bale turned down an offer to reprise the role of Patrick Bateman. Ooh, of course he did. Of course he did. I don't think Christian Bale does uh, sequels. The exception of um, uh, Terminator, but that was like, he wasn't a part of the other mm-hmm. movies. That would be interesting. And Dark Knight. <laughs> I need to read more Brett Ellis Brett shit. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett Easton Ellis, because he wrote the book, but actually a girl directed the film, American Psycho. If you can believe that. Well, that is my list. So, quick recap. We've got Blue Valentine, awesome movie. Dark City, The Gambler. Idiocracy, hysterical. (laughs) Murderball, great doc. Great documentary. Rescue Dawn, Rules of Attraction. Lamar. Also, Doom Generation, Neverland, Devon's Ghost. And I want to add one more because you mentioned Yeah, do it, do it. You mentioned that Vietnam War thing Mm -hmm. and it reminded me of Casualties of War. I don't, oh, yeah. know, I don't know how many people know about that movie. Uh, starring, I, I don't think I... I haven't seen it in a very long time. Right. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Starring Michael J. Fox, John yeah. Leguizamo. Um, yeah, it was pretty messed up. What basically happens is uh, Michael J. Fox is in a... He's with his uh, unit uh, in Vietnam. And um, I guess they get disconnected from the rest of the army people. And they have to find their way back, I guess, or something. Doesn't, does a girl get raped in this? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. They they go to a, a Vietnam village and they kidnap a girl because they lose their minds. I think yeah, something about do. the heat. I, one of them, Josh, Sean Penn, I think he's... Sean Penn uh, and John C. Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and John Leguizamo was in it yeah. too. Yeah, they're yeah, like his yeah. little... They all made their bread out of it. Yeah, they, yeah. they all made their bread out um, of they um they kidnap this they act like they're so fucking horny or whatever so they kidnap this girl from this village they pull her from her fucking family and just kidnap her and throughout the whole movie they just travel with her and then they just rape her Michael J Fox he tries to not make it happen but they act like they're gonna shoot the fuck out of him so he kind of has to and then he checks on her I think they bashed her teeth in and shit they were fucking yeah, monsters they really, yeah they, really they did were. a number on her like that was terrible and then when they finally get back home and stuff they you know get their medals or whatever, but Michael J. Fox is like, this is fucked up, this is yeah, wrong. Yeah, he goes to his um, CO, and then CO yeah. is like, fuck you, fuck it, it happened, whatever. And then he goes to somebody else, another higher one, and they actually do stuff about it. Yep. They actually get on the ball, and then the uh, the rapist, and murder. They, they ended up murdering her, or... Yeah, I think she does that. Yeah, they ended up murdering her because... Sure other Vietnam, a Vietnam helicopter was tracking them or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, they ended up situation. shooting her, and her scream when she dies on that bridge... Fucking chilling. Yeah. It is so. That actress is really. She was. I don't even yeah. think she was an actress like that. She. Yeah, I don't know. Part, yeah. I think the part just came. It was just available. And sure. So, uh, something like that. I think. I think. Because I, I, I have the uh, commentary, so you know, I like to re- watch commentaries and stuff. What's the name of the movie? Casualties That's of right. War. So anyway, the uh, the rapists end up going to prison, and Michael J. Fox he feels better about it because the whole time that was happening, he had a wife and daughter at home, so he could really sympathize. Yeah. You know, uh, or empathize with what the fuck was going on he knew it was fucking wrong in general so he was pissed about it so like you know he gets to sleep at night because at least they go to jail but right and then later he um there kings in it right he runs into a japanese girl uh i think it's just in his mind it's a fantasy she's like it's okay and then she just walks away it was just a good ending and the movie was good and it was fucked up yeah bing grams was the ceo who was just like just let it go yeah yeah he told um 
he told a pretty fucked up story about was, how his son was born in an all white hospital and they didn't help his wife. So he like, was only in this one movie. It's just yeah, so much right. pain. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so much pain, and it, it, this takes place in the eighty. Uh, well, it was filmed in the eighties. And yeah, it was it was, it was his it was yeah, Michael yeah. J. Fox's like first non comedy yeah, role I think or one of his yep. yeah yep. yeah so it was a, it was kind of a big deal for him yeah, in his career true. and it was fucked up it yeah, was really good I'm so glad you mentioned that movie yeah. it was a fucking intense it was intense movie. and sad and the score yeah. is really really good Great too music in it. but yeah they music killed that girl and she her last scream was like really chill. this is one of, one of because Sean Penn also did because he was in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a comedy, like, buddy stoner film. So this is, like, one of Sean Penn's movies where he started breaking out into more... Dramatic roles. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he started doing more serious Sean work. Penn was the ringleader of raping her. And yeah, her. Like, he was. He was he fucking was the monster. He was, he was terrible. He, he bullied the other bitches into doing it. And yeah. my, Michael J. Fox character was the only one who was like, no, fuck that, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, so glad you brought up this movie. <laughs> right? <a> you. <laughs> so I watched a documentary so good. about so the crazy. movie. It was a like, uh-huh. behind-the-scenes kind of movie. And Michael J. Fox was like, you know, I can't say it's been a... Uh, a pleasure, but it's definitely been a privilege before, okay. when he was done. So classy. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, although it was a great film, great writing, it was very a difficult project for everybody. You know, the, the sure material was, was difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The material is very, very difficult. The, the performances were, were so intense. It was... You know, for, especially for someone like Michael J. Fox, it does like sitcoms and rom coms mm-hmm. and cameos. Back to the Future. Yeah, Back um, to the Future. Yeah, 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 exactly. More kid friendly stuff to do this kind of content. Yeah. You know, especially working with someone like John or uh, Sean Penn and John C. Riley, who are both like brilliant actors. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really, really intense actors. So, yeah, it was. Definitely one of his noteworthy films. So that's not a movie I watch a lot, but it's, right, it's really right, good. Right. It's it so is, sad though, it but, is. but it's, it's a nice something you should watch movie. once yeah. at least because yeah. it's that something you should. Watch. It really pushes a lot of boundaries. It, it reminds you of what really so happens nice. during war times. Yeah. You have to be reminded of that, of that yeah. type of stuff. I think so. Yeah, we need yeah. to look uh, in our past so we know what to avoid. I guess what like to avoid in some way, way not yeah. to repeat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The last thing we need to do is repeat mistakes. Not that anyone should have to be told not to rape someone. Obviously, you don't fucking rape people, but. But um, oh, yeah, I think I think that raping, not to excuse, because I know that's happened for sure, not mm-hmm. to excuse anyone from doing anything like that. But sometimes, not for everyone, that's kind of a symptom of their environment, is being that extreme. Think of people that have never killed anyone, that have maybe been in a couple of dumb, stupid fist fights with their friends, mm-hmm. you know. But that's it. And then going over to war and having to like stab someone to death, and having to fight and that shoot and kill and hunt. Somebody, yeah. You know, even for someone who does hunting regularly, like killing deer, going into the field with a gun and a knife and having to kill people that have families that are brothers and Ugh. sisters and fathers, it really, it really, put it puts you out there. It really puts you out there mentally, and it's very, very tough to come back. And very, I want to say, um, in the beginning of the film, it was like a little battle, and the uh, the only black character with the unit he died, and I wonder if he had survived if all that had kind of went down it was leading to that I wonder if him and Michael J. Fox could have got them to calm down and sure. not do it oh, I wonder, yeah. cause they really liked that black character that black soldier who uh, who had died they really liked him they seemed to be really cool with him and to respect him and I wonder like if he had survived if they would have went down that that's room. an interesting theory so I was like yeah. oh yeah. yeah but yeah they killed the black guy first but um <laughs> yeah that's just a really good film 80's movie fucking 80's film but Ving Rhames Ving Rhames uh uh yeah, Ving Rams was in it too. Good man, I like him. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a good ending. Oh wow, I think we can end it there. I love you guys. Always a pleasure 
letting Thanks, you listen guys. to us. Yeah, definitely make sure you. to check out our uh, make sure to check out our uh, YouTube. Definitely check out our YouTube for new episodes. Uh, our podcast is obviously on Anchor, Spotify, all the good ones, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, check us out. Or Actors Lounge Podcast. So make sure to support us, give us a like and a smile. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we post every Wednesday and Friday. So every Wednesday and Friday, you can catch new episodes. Or twice a week, we always look forward to telling you guys about what we like about film and what we don't fucking like about film. <laughs> it's Shane Nicholas saying goodbye. Bye, you guys. Fuck off. We're done. Hold on, let me exit this. <laughs> Ooh, we got an hour and 15 minutes. Not bad. See ya.